0: Welcome to a God Shift Podcast, where we equip Christian women to harness the power of their influence and authority to counteract the plans of the enemy, advance the purposes of God, plus learn ways to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. You're in the right place to learn effective strategies to be a force for godly change. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I'm your host Shana Rattler. I'm so thrilled that you're here today and before we get started, I would love if you would do me a favor. So wherever it is that you're listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. With that screenshot, number one, I want you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I ask you to do that? Well, here's what I know. I know that there's so many believers out there that really wanna do their part in order to be able to uphold Christian values, but some people just don't know where to start. And so the more times that these episodes are shared, the more people we can make sure are equipped with the natural and spiritual strategies that are gonna be required for us to uphold our values that are being threatened and eroded every single day. So thank you in advance for that. I'm going to read my guest's bio, and then we're going to get started to what I already know is going to be a perfect conversation. I can just, my spirit is already bearing witness to his before we've even started. So here we go. My guest today is a prophetic voice to this generation that carries the presence of God and unusual accuracy in the prophetic. He has the heart to see revival in America and the nations of the world and to see an entire generation turn back to God through intercession and the power of the Spirit. He is also known for his Ministry of Deliverance and his spiritual warfare focus. His heart is to see the works of the devil destroyed through the Ministry of Deliverance. He has given many national prophecies that have come to pass as well as international prophecies. He is very active in politics and has run for several elected offices in the Florida House. He is also a weekly writer for God TV, and has been featured in Charisma and The Wall Street Journal. He has a weekly podcast called The Wells Report. He has two degrees holding a BS in biblical counseling from Crossroads Bible College. He is president of Jordan Wells Ministry and also the author of several books, including Divine Dialogue. His greatest desire is to carry God's presence and the word of the Lord to this generation. I want to welcome to the show, Jordan Wells.
1: God bless you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we're such kindred spirits, Prophet. So this show is all about how do we uphold our Christian values? And I see stuff that is going on around me every single day. There just seems to be a never-ending, rising trend of opposition to God. And so I'm just curious from your perspective of what you've seen and what you've experienced, what do you see today that are some of the biggest threats to our foundational Christian values?
1: Well, I would say the, the, the biggest thing is actually You know, spiritually, I talk about in my book, I talk about two things. I talk about many different spirits that that are in operation. We know that the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So one of the things, even as I've been involved in government, I've I've spoke to, you know, different things in Hollywood, different things are going on. Uh, One of the things I always have to be mindful of is that I am fighting in the natural and in the spirit. Yeah. So many Christians are just fighting in the natural. And that's not going to work because the problem we have is not just natural or can be governed politically or any other way. It has to be dealt with in the spirit, and that's where we get the prayers, the intercession. The, we know that prayer changes nations. It still has power. There's nothing more powerful than a praying person. I don't care. It's greater than any atomic weapon. It's greater than any war. I mean, it's literally the. It's what it's. It's one of the greatest weapons. It's the greatest weapon God has: prayer through yeah. His people. And then we have the 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 antichrist sphere. We have the humanistic ideologies. We have uh, 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 Marxist ideology. We have all these things. These antichrist ideologies says, you know, there's no God. You know, we 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 uh, or if there is a God, we're gonna. We, we, this is the God we want. You know, it's almost how Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, and then they created their own God in the wilderness. A lot of people in America has created they, they, either they don't want God or they created their own God that does not offend them, does not challenge them, does not you know all that th- all those things. So we've created that type of thing scenario in America and it's really dangerous and that's why we're there's such an attack to Christianity there's such a there, you know but the but the tree church has only been attacked you know there's two churches there, there, there's the there's the Church of Jesus Christ that speaks boldly, that does not bow, I, call, I wrote in my book, The Messengers, the Daniel churches, the Daniel, you know, Daniel was in Babylon, very hostile to Christianity, very hostile to the Jewish faith. But yet his God, he would not bow, him and his friends would not bow to the culture of their day. And because of that, they were thrown, he was thrown into a lion's den and they were thrown into a fiery furnace. Uh, uh, and, and so they, they, they hate Christians. They want us to shut up because... A spirit of delusion has come on many because we rejected the truth. Second Thessalonians said, because they rejected the truth, a spirit of delusion came on them. Right. So some of the stuff that we hear in the news and the stuff and different things in our culture, we're like, does that crazy? Have people lost their minds? I mean, I literally have literally have people went crazy because some of the stuff just five, 10 years ago, it was common sense. To most of us, it was just, yeah, that's common sense. But now it's like, there's no, no, there's no normal. There's no, 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 no truths because Jesus is the truth. Yeah. And so when you get rid of G with the truth and you say, well, man, just do what they want to do. There's no God. So there's no standard. Then that's where you got people. That's what you have. So you have a clash of realities happening. Now you have the, the, the old Ju- Judeo Christian values of America and our nation clashing with the de- a demonic dark, Kingdom and system that wants to push God out of everything, 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 our schools, our, 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 our schools. And I, outside of preaching the gospel around the country, uh, um, you know, and all the stuff we're doing on media and all that stuff, we, I keep, uh, I taught for many years, ran for, I was about to run for school board. Um, I, I, you know, so have a lot of friends that I've uh, helped with get elected for school board. And, um, the kid, this generation is godless in the, there's a lot of, uh, uh, that's why we push. God out our truth and we wonder why our kids are losing their mind. So, uh, anywhere there's no God, you're going to have chaos.
0: Well, and one of the things that I find interesting is every time I think it can't get more outlandish, it always does. You know, I'm like, okay, you want it. You want to love who you want to love, you want to lay who you want to lay with. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily get it, but oh okay. Oh okay, you 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 were born born a boy, but now you want to be a girl. Eh, I don't necessarily get it, but okay. And then I look up and they're like, you have to be really careful how you talk to your pets because they know if they really want to be a boy or a girl. And I'm just like, as soon as I think it can't get any crazier, and I'm just knowing that the comments are going to be like, this woman is ridiculous. But there's hundreds and thousands And millions of people that are like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because every time I try to get my boy cat to play with a boy, I mean, it just it never seems to be reined in. And it's like people lose all sense of logic and all sense of my grandmother used to say what's common for some people isn't for all. So I can't say common, sense, but just all intellect and all logic seems to go completely out the door and everything is accepted.
1: Yeah, it is right. because because of the because of people's rebellion against the the spirit of God right now. It's a it's a uh, it's a culture that wants to do what it wants to do, and Israel was like that too. And uh, I talk about in my book, The Remnant. You know that, that there's a remnant that needs to get on their face, and that's why God is in need of the people of God right now because only prayer can change this.
0: So I think the burning question is, is, okay, we see all these things that are going on around us. You know, at the time of this recording, Israel is still currently under attack. We see gender confusion and LGBTQ at an all-time high. We see laws that are put in place that are contrary to the Word of God. I mean, we could both, between the two of us, just go on and on and on of the opposition that we're seeing in the world today today. Why do you think all of this is happening? You touched on it a little bit, like people want to do what they want to do. You know, people are not really seem to be caring about what the Bible says. But what do you think is the bigger picture, especially here in America, of why we're seeing so much of this?
1: Well, I'll tell people, I think a lot of what is going on is 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 what is we have a we have a antichrist government in some ways. Um, not everybody, because I've worked with a lot of godly politicians, and I've worked with them. I have their num some of their numbers. I've been very active in politics. I speak out on political issues, and um, I'm very aware of history and 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 all these things. But you have a, a a remnant of people that hate America. They they really do, and they hate America. They do not like the church. They do not like America, and they want to change America yeah um, and they 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 want America to be I talk about socialism in my book and communism and things like that. They really want America to go away from the place where we were we found America was with all its problems and all the things that it did wrong. It was a nation that was founded on God and freedom and the love for love for com- uh, country and love for what we had. and that we realized that. We were a great nation that God gave us this 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 land. He gave us a country where we could worship Him freely, and um, that's the greatest part about America—that we worship him in this country where you can't do that. Um, and so we have a people in power in different places of government that want to change it, and uh, we see that happening in the natural. That's what's happening in the spirit. The devil is trying to about bringing the world into this globalism, this globalistic thing, uh, this very antichrist. And we have a a remnant of people in government that are fighting against it. And we see the remnant is people I know that are mostly Christians. Uh, uh, Most of the people I know fighting against abortion, fighting against gender are all Christians. And uh, that's why when you hear the news media talk about you know, conservative this, and they hate, they hate, you know, that's why you're about FBI going to the trying to scare pro-life people and different, that they're scared because we're in their way. We, yeah. we, we, we are, we are literally the light. The Bible says we are the light of the world. And, and us being here is shining a light saying, no, that's evil. You know, that's evil to say that a child, blah, blah, you know, a child can she be able to, you know, I was watching this lady on there, Joy Red, I think her name was, and she was saying that, you know, pornographic books is okay to be in libraries with kids, you know, it's okay for, you know, kindergartner. you know, now I teach first grade, you know, so I, you know, I know the mindset of a first grade. These are kids that are, when I said something, I said something while I was teaching and they literally said, ooh, you know. That's what first that's where it first better should be, and that's where their mind is when they're innocent and we're we're talking about letting those kids watch drag shows and uh 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 watch pornographic material and all these things that's that's a whole level level of depravity and, and and mentally just not there and so what we have is a fight a real fight in the spirit that we're fighting. That we're that we have to pray against, that we have to war against, and that we have to stand out. And what bothers me is that more pastors are not bold enough like you are, not bold enough like I'm being, and others are being that are speaking out. Because I tell people what we're fighting over is not political. These are not political issues. The pro-life stance, the the the, the, the fight for our children. There's nothing more rel- spiritual than fighting for your children. Yeah. I mean, I there's nothing more important to me than my children. Yeah, you, you know, and there shouldn't be more nothing more important than any parent. I don't care if you're in ministry or not. There's going to be no more important than anything that every Christian pastor should be talking about this because there that they, you have children in your church that they're saying should be able to change their, their gender.
0: So let me uh, let me pack something that you just said for just a minute because you said you know it's it's primarily seems to be the Christians that are. You know, fighting for abortions, et cetera. How is it? I always say I can talk bad about preachers if I want to because I'm myself. So <laughs> how is it? We have some very well-known pastors. I know some pastors personally that I've always regarded to be very, very, have a very good understanding of what the word says. Their teachings have always been biblically sound. And so how is it that we have pastors and Christian leaders of this magnitude that are seemingly biblically sound yet they're telling their congregations and their social media followers to put people in office that are passing laws that are clearly contrary to what the to what the word of god says how have they become either have they become just that blind Is it, you know, they're driven by, I don't want to speak out against this, or am I afraid I'm gonna lose tithing members? How is it that I could have someone that I'm like, what happened to you, bruh? You've been so biblically sound, and you're now telling someone to vote for a president that thinks that we should be able to change our genders, to vote for a president that wants to put laws in place that allow women to murder babies? Like, where, where have we gone wrong as as pastors and Christian leaders, that, that that's where our recommendations are when it comes to voting?
1: One of the big thing is, the Bible says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So one of the big issues, there's many of them, Read that's a packed question. But one of the many reasons, I'm going to name a few. One of the reasons is the fact that we, may, we believe the lie of the separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. Which that's not in the Bible. <laughs> There's no separation of churches. Stay in the Bible. I, I I mean, when you look at the prophets, and I tell people I would debate this with anybody, because I've had people that say, you know, Christians should just stay out of it. They should have nothing to say about it. But when I look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, I don't see that. I see, I see prophets that spoke against wicked leadership. Yes, that's all you see in the Old Testament. God, raised, every time the nation got wicked. God raised up a prophet to speak to the wicked leadership, and he didn't just speak to the religious institution. He spoke to the political as well. Yeah. He would prophesy. Je- Jeremiah is a good example of that. God, Jeremiah rebuked the religious leaders, he rebuked the pastors, the priests, and the religious leaders who he the the, the, the politicians who he said, "You know better because you was ra- you were raised in Israel." Yeah, they they even raised up prophets to speak to other leaders of other nations. So there's a lack of understanding. We have we have detached her. Because I had this argument with one person who was in ministry. And he said, well, you know, the separated church of faith, blah, 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 blah. He was trying to justify that. It is mine. And so he wasn't open to that because, first of all, culturally, he was blind. Now, I would tell people this. I'm a prophet, but I had to be detoxed from a lot of things. Yes. When you are a prophetic voice and just a prophetic person, I'm not going to say, because this is not just prophets or people that are Christian that are prophetic. When you are a person that can hear the voice of God, you have to detox yourself from a few things. One of them is your culture. Yes. Being raised a African-American in America, I was told certain things about certain parties and certain individuals that I had to allow to be washed out because I had to first have a Christian worldview. When I went to Bible college, one of the things they taught me was I went to a conservative Bible college. They said you, then we had a classroom, a class just on Christian worldview. Many people have a secular worldview, not a Christian, that are a Christian. I'm talking about Christian pastors. Yes. They have a worldview that's molded by the way they were raised, not by the word of God. So we have, we, we, it shouldn't even be an argument about, a, about abortion because what the Bible says about it, it shouldn't be an argument about marriage, but it's cultural. And so another reason is, of course, what you said too about pastors being afraid to lose their influence. Yeah. So say you have a person that's a, a person, you have a big church. They're scared to stand up for righteousness or to preach in there because there's, they know that most of those people are now barely Christians anyway. <laughs> pastors know. I mean, you, 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 these pastors know that the Christians are not very spiritual. Wow. Just think about it. We had a pastor that I spoke out against. He was the a, a, a pastor in the land. I'm not going to call him out, but he had a, it went viral. You probably know he was swag surfing and you know, he had everybody swag surfing, playing turn up music, rap music in the church. Now, when I was growing up, the old saints, the old mothers, you know, we were growing up, they would have walked up to the pulpit and they would have told him to sit down. Or snap now. <laughs> yeah, they they you know them old saints. You know the mothers with the hats. They would have went up there and said, "Baby, you, you you don't got it," you know. And they would have stopped the whole service. Though so that is what I'm talking about. We have a a situation where they said, "Well, I'm doing this." No, you're doing this for money.
0: Yes, and he said, "But I played the clean radio version, like that matters." And the part it is, is about this is is about.
1: But I made a decision. This is where you got to be. And this is this is what I tell any pastor that watches it, any leader. I made a decision. I said, God, I'm going to be your voice. That's why I named my, one of my podcasts I do is called The Voice of the Prophetic. I said, God, I'm going to be your voice. I don't care if I never, ever do certain things. I don't care if everybody hates me. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. And I got a lot of people that dislike me. Yeah. Because I stand for truth. I mean, I have pastors that unfriended me, all type of stuff. I have a lot of people that support me, but I have a lot of people that don't like because I stand for truth. And I've stood for truth since 2008. I stood for truth when I prophesied against the Supreme Court's ruling on gay marriage. I prophesied against one of the leaders that were popular in the African-American community. I prophesied against a movement that everybody supported. I said it wasn't godly. I, I mean, people were upset with me.
0: Yeah.
1: I have a fear, and my fear is a fear of God. Yes. I have the fear of God that one day I'll stand before him, and he said, you didn't speak for me. Mm. That I was like in Germany when they were killing Jewish people, and the church was quiet. I refuse to be in this time like Esther. I wrote about Esther in my book, The Messengers. I named the main character of the novel Esther because Esther is like the church of our day. Esther, Mordecai went up to Esther, and Esther thought she would just put in that time to just enjoy the privileges of being an attractive wife of a king. Yes. And she thought it was her beauty that put her there. She thought it was her good looks, you know, that God had chose her for that. no. And Mordecai, her uncle, had to walk up to her and tell her, no, it is not your good looks that got you. Or God put you in this time for time such as this. Yeah. And if you don't do it, somebody else will. That's right. And I had a prophetic word given to me re- recently, God, and the woman that God prophesied I laid out on the floor, it was, I, I nearly get touched in the prophetic, but she touched me. And she prophesied and said, God has said that you're a, a watchman and You know, you've been praying, you've been warning, you've been prophesying about things come for years and nobody listened. But one thing that touched me is she said, Many people God was going to give your assignment to, but they wouldn't take it. Yes. Because many people don't want to say the stuff you say because of the death threats that you'll have to endure. Yeah. And I've had people threaten my life.
0: Yeah, I resonate with that myself. I shared with someone on an interview, I was being interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and I told them, I said, There's a lot of assignments that the Lord gives me that he knows I really don't want to do, but he also knows that he can trust me with it. And so people are asked, I have people ask me all the time, why is it that you always get a prophetic word? Why is it that you're always so clear on what it is that the Lord wants you to do? I said, because he knows that he can trust me with it. Most of y'all are just writing your prophecies in a notebook and never doing anything with it. Many of you- Telling you what it is that he wants you to do, and you keep making an idol out of clarity and confirmation instead of having the obedience and the courage that Esther did to move forward. So, since the Lord knows that I may throw a tantrum for 15 or 20 minutes and say, Lord, you (laughs) can do that, he knows that after I get done being petty, I'm gonna say, Okay, what are we doing? Let's go. And so, I think (laughs) that I love what you're saying right now because. I often say, I can guarantee you that Esther did not have clarity when she went before that king that could literally cut her head off. We don't need more clarity. We don't need more confirmation. What we need is obedience. And too many of us are not willing to be obedient, or we think that we can delay it, and delayed obedience is still disobedience. And I think that if more of us would be willing to say, Lord, I'm just gonna take a step and see how you respond. I'm not gonna just sit here and wait to see what it is that you're gonna say next. And caveat, he's not gonna say anything next because many of you haven't done anything with what he told you last, so he's not gonna tell you anything. And so we have to begin to be more obedient, even if, and I'm tying this back to what is going on with the spiritual leaders, even if it means you lose some members, even if it means you lose some followers, because I can tell you, That from the time that I started having this conversation about upholding Christian values, I have lost at least 800 followers on Instagram in two two weeks. Wow. Do you think think I'm going to stop? I don't care it down to five followers. My publisher will have to snatch any book deal or whatever else they want to give me because as long as there's breath in my body, I'm going to do what it is that the Lord told me to do and at least try to do my part in trying to uphold these values that are literally being eroded Every single day. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want us to start to look at what are some of the potential solutions that we can put in place to kind of combat some of the issues, if you will, that we have pointed out over the last 15 or 20 minutes. We'll be right back. God is commissioning women leaders to uphold Christian values and change the course of history for his glory and to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. Want to know what type of kingdom leader you are and learn specific strategies to impact change based on your type? Find out by going to kingdomtrailblazerquiz.com right now. All right. Welcome back. So we've talked a lot about many of the things that we're seeing that are actually attacking our foundational Christian values. And many of the people that are listening to to my podcast are women. But even if they're not women, they're all leaders. They're leading either in some capacity in ministry or marketplace. And so when we look at all the things that are going on around us, what advice would you give us, Jordan, for if we're wanting to protect our values and we're wanting to help improve the future of America, what are some of the strategies that anybody that is listening right now can begin to do to try to see this tide shift in a different direction?
1: Well, I would tell the people there's two things I wrote about in my book. The first thing is we have to take ownership of it in prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ministry is called the name of my ministry. One of uh, one of the movements that we are we birthed in a. I birthed a few about know, about five six years ago. It was called the Joel Two generation. We've had a lot of services, and I've been pushing this. But God told me, spoke to me. I named my one of my I named my son Joel for this. Um, Joel Two is a very prophetic book of the last days, and it talks about in Joel we see uh, the the decline of a nation. We see locusts that destroyed the country because of a judgment. Because of a judgment. That happened because of Israel's rebellion. And I talk about the connection between Israel prophetically and America and how we're kind of going down the path of Israel and all that with we uh, in in this book. And so God gave me a revelation and he told me that this was the key. And I've seen it because I've been in. I've been experiencing this since 2015. I've been interceding every day for our political leaders, for our for nations. God will drop a nation. I'll put it on my prayer wall got to drop a different political leader. I put it on my prayer point and I'm praying. I'm interceding. I'm I'm warring. I've been up to Washington, DC, to intercede. I'm going up to Tallahassee to intercede. We're having prayer gathering in Tallahassee soon. We're 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 going up there to deal with the principality, the powers over Tallahassee. We're 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 engaging the power, we're engaging in intercession. Yeah. And that's the first thing because Joel 2 says, gather the assembly. That means the pastors, the leaders. And then it says to pray. And then he said to pray and fast, to repent on the behalf of the sins. And then he said, Joel, too, I'll pour out my spirit. So the outpouring of the spirit is what America needs. Yes, we need righteous leadership. Yes, we need to vote the Bible. Yes, we need to get involved, which I'm going to talk about after this. But we need intercessors, watchmen, gatekeepers, people that are going to say, God, I'm going to pray for my government. I'm going to pray for you to raise up in this 2024 election, I'm going to pray for you to raise up senators and governors and pastors and prophets and leaders that are going to stand. They're going to that are going to contend. That are going to that, you know has decrees and laws that are going to you know that are going to lead a nation back to prayer. So we 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 start there, and I I take that through the whole book. The messengers are that they're prayer warriors. They're a people that have a message to pray. John the Baptist was a messenger. To prepare the way of the Lord, right? So we have that. That's the first thing you got to do. We have a lot of Christians that don't want to do that. We have churches. We have a we have a ministry for everything but prayer. Yes. And then when they and then when they call the prayer meeting, you have five old ladies that show up. You know, if you have a motivational conference, it's sold out. But let yeah. you have a prayer. But you have a prayer meeting. Nobody wants to come. Nobody wants to come because the church is not praying. We're not praying. They said the average Christian prays five minutes a day. That's what the average Christian prays. I can't do nothing on five minutes. I, I mean, if I prayed five minutes, I would be no good to nobody. Wow. You know, and not just praying five minute prayers for ourselves. Most Christians have not tapped into that next dimension of intercession, which is to pray for your neighbor, to pray for your relatives, to pray for your church, to pray for your nation, to pray for your city. Most Christians don't even care about other people or praying in that way. Yeah. Then the next thing we got to do is we got to be boisterous like Daniel. I mentioned four about three different messengers in my book. Daniel, Esther, uh, and Jeremiah. And I broke down different parts of their life and how it applies to messengers that need to be raised up in today's di- generation. Daniel was an intercessor. He wrestled with the principality over Persia for twenty-one days, and then he saw the breakthrough of God. So did Esther. She led the nation on a three-day. And I believe God is raising up Esther's. I believe a company of women are being raised up. The Esther's are arising that are going to pray and intercede. The mothers that are going to press. The mothers are inter- are waking up to their children being under attack. Yeah, and they're going to begin to pray, and so those prayer warriors are arising. But then we got to get involved, like Daniel. He was a governmental official. And so I know a lot of people, there's a woman in our, 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 our right now. She was not, she didn't know nobody. She was just a, a a little Catholic. You know, she's like 35, 40. She was concerned with all the liberal people on the school board. So she said, I'm gonna run for school board. She didn't know nothing about anything. That's right. And she just got involved. Did you know that God opened up doors for her and she won? Yeah she won and now she's one of the prominent school board leaders I know her in our city, and she's she's doing
0: a great work and even if you can't run in most cities, go to your city council meetings, go to your school board meetings. They give the audience the opportunity to express their concerns. So if you don't have the qualifications or the desire to run for office, you still can get quote unquote, politically involved.
1: Yep. Well, we—I've been to several school board meetings. Uh, I've been going. i have been—I've been on television for you know being on there. I've had. I've worked at this one school and everywhere they said, Mister Washer. So you know you're a celebrity. You know we saw you on the news last night. You know I was on there fighting about this on the city council and fighting about this in the. Uh, I would go to city council meetings. I would go. I got involved in my. There's some local politics there and helped on a few. You can even help find a candidate that's godly that, that you love. There's some godly Democrats, there's some godly Republicans. You know, you find a few, find somebody that is free that pro-life, that has godly values, that believes in the power of prayer, and you run and you and you get behind them, you support them financially. That's you know. Right. You know there's a lot of things you can do, you know, but sitting still doing nothing, saying God has not called me to do that, I don't have anything to do with that political stuff, that is the most horrible thing you can do. That is not good because I love the fact that in America, we don't know how blessed we are. Yeah. We really don't. And we're in a blessed, we're in a place we can sit on here and talk about God. We have food, clothing. I was a, a missionary in Africa for for months, and I'm telling you that we, the average American is more blessed than 80% of the world. Yeah. And and that's why you have people that are kicking down the door to get over here. You know, it was such a horrible country. Like people tell us, it's such a horrible country. It was such a horrible country. Why are people trying to cross Bob wire? you know, trying to jump over Bob wire, risking standing in the cold of Chicago, you know, to, to, to come here if it's so horrible? You know, I think it's the worst place in the world to live. So, you know, that that's the thing, you know, this is, you know, with all its flaws and all its issues, this is the only country where you can be a person that's like, people, I might not agree with you, but you can start off as a Oprah, Tyler Perry, these people that started off poor and now are billionaires. Where could you do that at? What other nation in the world do you start off poor living in your car to going to be a billionaire, millionaire? You know, it's not many places like that, you know. Preachers that are building mega ministries and touching the world. So we 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 have to pray. We have to realize that God has called us to do this, and God has called us to speak, even when it's controversial. I don't care if people unfollow you and people censor you. I've been censored. They done not block me on TikTok like seven times. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't been blocked every. I do been blocked. I've been you know, but it's all right. You know I what? I can start a new. I I appeal it. Right. And then I blast them on TikTok. I take a screenshot of it and I attack them. I say, look at TikTok. They're the new Twitter. You know, Twitter was censoring all the Christians before. And then they'll end up re- re- reversing their decision when I call them out. So yeah. we, we shed light on the devil. when We shed light on what he does. Things get pushed back.
0: What I love about what you're saying in audience, I, make, I I really, really want you to get this takeaway, is that he didn't negate the necessity to pray. But you notice that he also didn't stop there, because I think that many of us are just idle just from praying. He said you have to pair that prayer with some form of action. And I think too oftentimes we either, number one, just pray and don't do anything else or we just sit idly back and just expect that that God has it all handled. And so that's one of the reasons that I love bringing people like you on the show that can say, here is something that every single person that is listening to this episode can do starting tomorrow. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a lot of notoriety or influence. But here's something that all people can do. And yes, prayer is powerful. And yes, we should pray. But there's things that we need to do. Why is the Lord ordering our steps if we're not going to also move our feet? So we, so good. We are um, about out of time, but before we go, number one, I want you to let us know. Um, like you said, you and I, there's a whole lot of things we try to stay on social media and hope we don't get shut down. But where can they find you on social media?
1: I'm on Jordan Wells on social media. On um, uh, I'm on uh, Facebook. You can find me on Jordan Wells. Uh, where the Joel, where Joel Two, Gen- the Joel Two Generation on YouTube. We do a lot of YouTube. We hit our YouTube really hard. It's growing. We do sh- long videos. We do short videos. Uh, we have a new podcast that we're doing. We just launched today, actually, uh, Voice of the Prophetic. It's, uh, it's going uh, um, to be on all the platforms. It's going to be on the Apple the Apple podcast. And we do like 10 minutes short, 15 for the youth. We're reaching a young audience. And so we don't do the long, super long teachings. We do very short to the point teachings uh, and it really works. We're seeing great growth, explosive growth. So we have a t- we have that. We on Instagram, uh, Jordan Wells on Instagram, and then we're on TikTok as well. We release short minute teaching on spiritual warfare, deliverance, uh, uh, prophetic, uh, the uh, the presence of God, prayer, fasting. And uh, we talk about politics as well. I'm on X. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, we're on X on there as well. We have an organization we, uh, we work through called that I started called voice of voice USA. It's a political organization uh, that fights to be the voice of God in politics. That's why I call it voice USA. And, uh, we're on you we're on X and we're on, uh, uh, we're on true social and rumble and all those things. So.
0: Perfect. Well, I will make sure that that is in the show notes. And if someone is listening and they want to take things further with you, what would you recommend that they do? Should they get the book? What's it, where do you want them to go?
1: I, I, we have several books. We were just launching a deal on our books. And so, you know, but, but we're going to, we, 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 we have on Amazon, you can go to Amazon right now. Our website is being, by the time they see this though, our our website to be up is Joel2generation.org. Joel2generation.org. And we have all our materials on there. We have a book called Divine Dialogue. If you want to grow in your intercession, your prayer life, you know the prophetic, we kind of mix it in there. It's about pre- the prophetic, how to grow in the voice of God, how to hear the voice of God, but also how to be, how to get into the presence of God. And then we have our new book, Emma. Our new book that we just launched. Uh, we've been on. It's been on live today. It was a bestseller. Um, it was on uh, a lot of different TV shows. We we've had this book, The Messengers. It's a it's a it's a political uh, spiritual novel. And it show, it's got a vision God showed me what will happen in 2024. It's a continuation of a book we wrote called The Final Trumpet. And it shows what God, God solution for us to what we need to do. This 2024 is going to be the most important year that we've had in America. And so we gotta be in prayer and we gotta, you gotta get the book to see what God, the revelation God gave me through a novel about what we need to do to be effective in this time. It's on Amazon, it's called The Messengers by Jordan Wells.
0: Okay, perfect. I'm going to make sure that those links are in the show notes. So all they have to do is click. It'll be super easy for them. So Jordan, thank you so much for being here today and sharing these nuggets with the audience. Audience, share, share, share this episode because obviously you know more people than yourself that are wanting to protect our Christian values. So I pray that this episode has blessed you like it has me and that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to a God Shift podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone else. Be blessed.